Welcome to the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the birders that pursue them. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Shrobsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously, where to find amazing birds. Head on over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com, and be sure to sign up to our newsletter on the site so you do not miss out on any of the exciting things that are coming up. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, and please take some time to rate and comment on it. So this is episode 41, the first episode of 2021, and today we're going to be looking at two very different big years that people are doing this year. One with a family with young children, and the other on the saddle of a bicycle. We will kick the show off having a chat to Craig and Christine Widows, a KZN couple who will be doing a big year in a Suzuki Jimny with their two small children, Ren and Finn. And straight after that, I'll be having a chat to Liam Cholton, who is doing a Southern African big year on the saddle of a bicycle. I can't wait for you to hear their stories because both of them are doing their big years to highlight some very important causes. All their relevant social media links will be put in the comment section of this podcast, so be sure to follow them. So let's start today's episode. So I want to welcome you, Craig and Christine. It takes brave people to do a big year. I've had a chat to a lot of people who have done big years, but you guys are taking this to another level and doing a big year with two kids, which is insane. I think some people might use other words, but I'll just say it's crazy. What motivated you guys to to do a birding big year or a big year with kids? Hey, Adam. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Um, yeah, so... It's, it kind of just came about, I think, with last year with, with how things were, all the restrictions and kind of the whole world was turned upside down. This has been something which, which personally I've been wanting to do for quite a while. And, and thanks to the support of my wife, who's also kind of gotten into it. We just decided, why are we waiting? You know, why are we waiting for the kids to get older or be more manageable? I think we should just do this right now. And we had a discussion and I think it was June where I said, I, th- I think we should do it. And, and yeah, we said, let's bring the kids along as well. I mean, like we said before, what could possibly go wrong with, with kids and birding? So <laughs> I think, yeah, we're in for an entertaining year for sure. Yeah, I think also a big, a big part of it was trying to give our kids a, an experience of a lifetime. Um, and whilst they're still young and can miss school and, um, and those kind of logistics were all in place, we decided to just take the plunge and, yeah, make the most of it. So just... To get started off, tell us a little bit about you guys as a family, a little bit about your story and how did your birding story start? Um, yeah, so Craig and I have, um, we were high school sweethearts, been together for 15 years, over half our lives. <laughs> and um, we kind of grew up, I didn't really know much about birding at all. Craig lived birding from when he was very, very young. I was the guy who took the bird and stuff South Africa posted a school every day because it's important <laughs> but I love that about him and so we spent more and more time in the bush and more and more time birding especially when we got married um, and then when we had kids I guess our birding journey changed a little bit uh, we couldn't just 
head over to the bush or head over to a good birding spot. Everything required a lot more planning. Um, yeah, a lot more challenges. And we, I think this year we really realized how much we've, we've missed being in the bush this year. Um, obviously with all the restrictions as well, we haven't spent as much time, um, birding that we would usually have. And yeah, so that's kind of our, our birding journey. The kids have loved birding. They, um, <laughs> even in our own garden, they had uh, a huge amount of fun with us. Um, I guess we had to bird in our garden this year, like most, most people. But yeah, we just, yeah, that's basically our birding journey this far. I think what's really cool about your story is a lot of people who are, well, a lot of birders sometimes maybe see kids as a little bit of an inconvenience. It's like, it kind of like, you know, you, you could just do whatever you want to do, but as soon as you have kids in the mix, it does change the way you have to bird. How have you guys included your kids in your birding journey on a, in a practical way? Um, and I think it's really good to give advice to other people who maybe have kids who, who are birders. Yeah, for sure. So, I think that's kind of where we came up with with our name, you know, our our birding big year, because it's it's going to have to require just a really unique take on everything. Because, um, like Christine was saying earlier, we it's not just about you know getting up and 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 leaving early, for example. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that we have to take into consideration now. How are we going to make sure that we don't uh, we keep them entertained in the backseat of a car and other things? You know, like with not just being able to go on nice, long, quiet walks, you know, <laughs> with the kids along, it's the one pushing each other or the one getting too excited. And so really when we came up with our, our big birding year, it was just about let's immerse the kids in it and let's just roll with it. Really. I think that's, that's the one thing that we're really taking with us is that we're just going to just really take each day as it comes. And we're not going to have the ability to, to be like a normal kind of big year where it's fast paced and and you've got that ability and the luxury as it were to do so but i think with that what makes it exciting is is that we really don't know how we're going to achieve it to yeah. be honest but but we we have the opportunity to and yeah. and um yeah just the willingness at this stage that's really really pushing us through yeah we've had a few moments in the past where we've been birding and uh, one of our kids has pushed the hooter and ruined the an incredible sighting and <laughs> we've had a few tantrums and nappy changes along the way but just um even on our recent birding big day we we, we so enjoyed it with the kids they they were so excited. We thought, you know, we did better than we expected. <laughs> um, you have to lower your expectations a little bit when you have two kids um, coming along that are two and four years old. But the fact that they had such enjoyment and they they just, yeah, they thrived off the adventure and the excitement. Um, I think we just made the adventure and the excitement the focus and it seems to have worked wonders with them. I think a question that... I'm wondering, and I think other people will also be wondering, what is your day job that you can take a year off to go birding? <laughs> um, so I, I'm an ecologist. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where, where I've always been. I've, since a child, I've always, I wanted to be a game ranger. Actually, that was my thing. And then my parents said that I, I needed to, in order to do that, I'd first need to get a degree. So I, I went to the university open day and just found the store, which had a, like a picture of an animal on. I was like, I'll do that. That'll be great. So that's kind of where I am. Yeah. So 
obviously Craig, uh, he has his own company, so he's a little bit more flexible. Um, and I'm an occupational therapist. Um, I work at a special needs um, center in Durban. And yeah, so I <laughs> very cheekily chatted to my director and got um, a, a term sabbatical. So we've actually got about four four months minimum off um, and yeah we're going to be pretty much flexible I've got all the school holidays and the long weekends and we're going to make the most of um, those those opportunities after probably April May yeah. or so so yeah we're just going to see how our year takes us but um, the first couple months we we've fully booked already it's, it's going to be amazing yeah our goal is to try and maximize that first but just when we both got that flexibility and then as things, we'll see, see how the year progresses. And, and with, with oh. um, Christine having the school holidays also at her disposal, that, that oh. also is a huge help. They were able to really to capitalize on those for, those for the longer trips. And then which areas are you guys looking to cover for the big year? Um, so our, our primary focus on big year, we said we're going to do a primary South African uh, and big year. So just within the borders of South Africa. Um, the reasons for that was obviously with the kids we just thought logistically, it's really so difficult as it is. If we're going to make this work and we're going to make a success of it, we, we thought we had to be kind of realistic and practical with it. And I think uh, proudly South African, you know, we, we South Africans, we're proud of everything. So that, that would be a wonderful opportunity to to do something there. And also just the diversity of, of environments and habitats and, and the biodiversity within South Africa is enormous. So you, you, we're not left wanting for much. Um, so that's that's the primary focus of it. So we're going to actually be starting in KZN um, and we're going to be heading into Gauteng the end of Jan. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to be heading to um, the Done. Western Cape thereafter. And then we're going to be going to Mpumalanga and Limpopo after that. So <laughs> we've got a lot of road trips ahead of us. And then, you know, there must be a lot of... A lot of logistical planning that has gone, especially the fact that you guys have two kids. Um, I, I was checking out the Jimny. The Jimny is looking really awesome with those roof racks and that. I mean, a Jimny is such a cool car. So what sort of logistical planning have you guys done to to set yourselves up for the year? Um, so, yeah, definitely the mode of transport was a concern. <laughs> um, we've done a lot of trips in our Jimny and I was that badgering wife going, what car are we going to use? And we've decided to start out with the Jimny. We are hoping and we're still you know, praying for a bigger car to come our way um, at some point when we find it. But yeah, we've actually, we've adapted the Jimny quite a bit. We've got the amazing roof racks, homemade roof racks. Um, and we've kitted out the car a little bit more for the kids. So obviously with the long road trips, we've got to be really mindful that they are comfortable and entertained. A five-hour road trip for um, other people is going to take us probably double the amount of time with many stops and lots of, uh, you know, leaning over and fetching this dropped crayon, etc. So we've got um, car seat covers with a whole lot of stuff in it. We've got lots of toy boxes and we've got audio books from Mr. Brown Mouse. They're an amazing company. They've donated us some um, incredible audio books to keep the kids busy. And yeah, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve um, and I'm sure we're going to kind of learn along the way what we need. Uh, our kids have been 
really, really amazing with uh, road trips in the past. So, um, but obviously as they grow older, you never know how they're going to respond. So especially our little boy, Finn, he's two now. And so we are quite excited to see how he's going to behave on a road trip, um, especially because we haven't had lots of long trips this year. So yeah, we'll see. So what are some goals that you have set as a family for this big year? Yeah, so, so like I said earlier, we just said our primary goal is to make sure that we are still doing this on come the 31st December 2021. You know? <laughs> we want to make sure that we're still going. But but no, we, we decided that rather than set ourselves, you know, that, that, that magic number that we're looking for, uh, we prefer to just kind of start off as just taking it day by day and just really getting ourselves and the kids, you know, out there and, and out and getting birding. And then just to, yeah, just to kind of, be free for a moment. Yeah, I think the I think uh, primarily our goal was to to really expose our kids and and give our family this opportunity to have this adventure with with a goal in mind. I mean, that's the beauty about birding is when you are looking for different species. It's super exciting. There's an incredible adventure element which we want to incorporate into our kids' childhood and into our family. So I think that was our primary goal and you know once we decided we were going to do it we really wanted to to do it for a good cause so yeah so that's when we decided to 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 get involved with bird life south africa and help them with the community bird guide project so why are you so passionate about the community bird guide project i mean it's an awesome project but why do you think it connected with you guys and your story um i've, I've always been like just such an advocate of of that community conservation, as it were, you know, we've, there's obviously a lot of focus in terms of biodiversity conservation on, on the protected areas, on your heritage sites and national parks, but just the general biodiversity that's, that surrounds all of us and all, every community really is so is significant. And that's where these, the bird guide training project really gets these, not only providing jobs, obviously, which is amazing in itself, but also it's just got that, that kind of eco champion, who's within that community, who's driving that kind of conservation message. Because that's really what we need is we need people to be out there, not only obviously for bird conservation, but just in total, you know, really drumming in this whole message that that this is our planet and we need to be conserving it and then just keeping that message going. So that's really where where it started. And that's when we got in touch with with Bird Life South Africa and, and Andrew DeBlock was really great and, and kind of shaping shaping the idea with us so which was which was wonderful and again we another aspect of our big year was to try and meet up with with the the bird guys who've come through that that program and who operate in their in their respective areas um because well, that's a lovely opportunity there as well to to hear their stories how they came through the the project and and what they're doing as some of the guides who we've been in discussion with have got side avenues where they've got little conservation programs so it's just a great opportunity to broadcast what they're doing as well and uh, yeah, it's just a, a fantastic opportunity there. I think what I'm I'm really interested in is as this year goes on, and we've spoken a bit about you know coming on board and helping you guys almost as a media partner. But I'm really interested throughout this year to just you know to not just see the birds that you guys see, but to see what this big year does in your lives and the life of your family. It's really going to be interesting to see how the journey is going to work in you guys and how it's going to shape you and shape your perspective. And it's going to be fascinating to see at the end of 2021 to see how you come back and how your perspective looks. I think that's going to be very exciting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got 
pretty big hopes and dreams, you know, from making this huge decision to <laughs> to take on this um, this big adventure. And um, we often say, oh yeah, we're not we're not too sure, you know, how this year is going to go, whether it's going to be opening up a new chapter in our lives. Um, I really do believe that it is. I really feel that the change in in our family and um, I think our views and our long term goals and just being able to make uh, make change just through a decision I think has yeah been quite enlightening and I really hope that we get some some yeah new avenues and new connections this year that that can lead to something even even better for 2022. Yeah, I think that's the thing. One of our kind of things which you've been driving is that. As much as this is, we are bird crazy. I mean, make no mistake. It's it's mm-hmm. it's here yeah, that we've had the kids reading bird books and teaching them bird names since they couldn't speak. So <laughs> it's really something that we we're super passionate about. But just to to have that, to be able to do your passion with your family as well and with your kids along is is such a privilege, really. Yeah. So that's why this year, as as much as logistically it's going to be crazy, and we've had so. I mean, it it took us a a mountain to climb um, to, to get where we are, but we just kind of so privileged we have this opportunity to do it with the kids and just to spend that time together that we otherwise wouldn't have, yeah. wouldn't have been able to do. So really looking forward to it and really excited to just to share our journey um, with, with everyone. So what we'll do is we'll pop all your social media links into the comment section of this podcast. But just to finish off, how can people get involved? If people want to support you guys and partner with you guys, how can they get involved? Great. Um, yeah. So what we on, on all our social media accounts, our Birding Big Year 2021, we've put links there. Obviously, firstly, for the uh, Bird Last Africa um, Community Bird Guide Training Project, we have a link for the fundraiser there, which we are, are driving this project, obviously raising funds for that initiative. So that link's there um, where, where funds can be donated to that cause. And obviously, you can also visit Bird Life South Africa's website. They've also got links there. Um, with regards to that that community bird guide project, we can learn a bit more about it, and there's fantastic resources there as well. Um, and you can also just get in touch with us. We're trying to make it as as engaging as possible. You know, if people might know of a really good birding spot when we find out where we're going, and you might say this is a great little dam or a little hideaway that's a, a good place to visit. That's great because. Like we were saying earlier, we, we've got challenges already. So <laughs> if anyone's got any insights into a, a sneak um, every now and then, it would be super, super appreciated. Yeah, we'd love to also connect with other birders of, yeah, of all ages, all different um, stages of their birding um, kind of careers and experiences. So um, we definitely like to to just in, engage and connect with others, um, especially if there are other birders that um, have kids, that would be wonderful. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there's lots of uh, birders who've had some amazing experiences with their kids along the way. So we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, we just want to thank you so much for having us on this podcast and also just connecting with us. We really do appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been great chatting to you guys and I'm looking forward to connecting with you guys in the field and following your story. Like I said, we're going to be highlighting your story throughout 2021 and we can't wait to see the cool birds you you guys are going to see if you're ever down in the toti area mamson toti come down and we will show you some cool birds and introduce you introduce you to some really cool people yeah that'll be fantastic we'll certainly take you up on that offer and if you know of a babysitter down there as well it'll be also <laughs> fantastic So Liam, a Southern African big year on a bicycle. 
one word, why? Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> why why bigger on a bicycle? Um, I think, in summary, I'd I'd say giving back and giving back to something that has given me countless moments over the years, a passion for these avian creatures, and um, giving back to the people who to make who make a living, who make a sustainable income from taking people to see birds to you know going into these key biodiversity areas and, and, and the people who do the conservation work on protecting them um, you, you know big authorities and you know the ma- the man on the ground giving back it would be the, the best way to describe why I do a bigger on a bicycle um, you know, it's, it, birds have been a passion of mine for, for <laughs> at least a you know, decade and a half and you know that citizen science approach to it has also a strong influence in you know my father and and some of the friends and colleagues I've come across over, over the years and you know science helps us to understand the world better and you know the birds definitely are some of the best reflectors of of an ecosystem in the world. They, 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 they really do give us a good in-depth, detailed understanding of the environment and, and how it works and how it changes. Um, and being able to support organizations that and people that, that, that you know, fly that flag, yeah, it's, it's an absolute, absolute bliss for me, you know, be able to give back to something that supports and, and sustains this this appreciation of birds into the future. Um, I mean, I'd love to know that there's somebody in the future that you know has the same passion and the same you know, understanding and appreciation of birds. So tell us about yourself. What makes you tick? Okay, yeah, no, uh, Adam, um, what makes me tick? Um, I'd say the wilderness, um, a fireplace with good food and good company. That's over and above, you know, great wildlife and you know, natural spaces. You know, the day-to-day observation of birds can also, you know, really help give me peace of mind. You know, observing a Cape Robin chap in the garden, for example, and its struggle to, you know, breed. We've had this Cape Robin chap in the garden who's had four breeding attempts this year, and none of them been successful. So just watching the struggle. Watching the the small little you know day to day things can be really really rewarding. Um, spending time in the wilderness, of course, is sometimes considered a luxury, but I I don't really think it's necessarily a luxury. A wilderness can exist even in your own backyard. So it's it's a matter of approach, I believe, to to you know get you know find that thing that makes you tick and uh, that isn't so far out of reach and i've had the privilege of working some magnificent wildernesses and and sure it's it's you know it seems like it's it's far and it's out of there and it's exorbitant and but hell man you can find your you can find your own wilderness in your own backyard if if you've got the right approach and and, and the right you know, tools i suppose i don't know doesn't take much to appreciate the wilderness, but um, yeah, I think that, that, that those are the things that really make me tick. You know, 
spending time simply around a fire, good food, good company, good nature, and, and a good eye for it at least. Um, yeah. So during the first lockdown earlier this year, you were stuck in an interesting place. Can you tell us a little bit about that area? Honest, yeah, certainly. Um, an interesting place indeed. Um, the Republic of Congo is all often a place that people just you know, put their hands up in the air and go, whoa, the Congo, what were you doing there? Yeah, it's it's really, it's not as bad, um, especially if you're in the Republic of Congo as opposed to the DRC. And even the DRC, there's, you know, only a marginal area where there are, you know, turmoil. There is turmoil. So, yeah, I was spending my lockdown in the Northern Republic of Congo in the Zola National Park was really a, a great privilege. I think I could could consider my, consider myself as one of the few who had a, a stellar lockdown. You know, the park was empty, no no guests. Um, not that there's many guests there ever anyway. Uh, it's quite an exclusive destination. Being able to spend time there was a genuinely a great privilege. Um, got to you know go on wonderful wilderness walks and birding and atlasing and you know just really just soak it in it was it was coming to an end nonetheless so what better way to end off you know in any stint um working stint so yeah um it was it was really great um about just to walk in the wilderness and 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 go go out and have your own little experiences and and, yeah cheapest Man, the stories I could tell need a little bit more time, but um, yeah, it, uh, spending time in, in the Northern Republic of Congo in Onsala was really, really quite, uh, quite special. So, with your big year, what areas will you be covering? Yeah, so sure, the the areas I intend on covering on the big year would be all the Southern African countries, all seven of them. Um, starting off in KZN, I'd like to. I mean, of course, this you know always plans change. Uh, when you're on the road but um starting from case then i'd go up you know through zuland a bit of vakastrum obviously starting in the midlands faithful yeah vakastrum heading through a bit of swaziland over into you know pumalanga and then you know northwards through the drak northern drakensberg pafuri you know get through get through the kruger one way or another um, and then onwards towards central mozambique Try and target some of the lowland specials out there towards Byra. Um, if I'm lucky and uh, time is in my favour and everything's all all the ducks are in a row, then like you know, I might be able to catch an Angola pitta before they leave. If I'm that lucky, but you know, ugh, one species it's okay. Yeah, from Central Mozambique, head towards uh, Gorongosa and Eastern Highlands, high Eastern Highlands, and there's would like to spend a good good amount of time there just to catch all those specials. Onwards into northern Zim on the Zimbezi Valley side, um, and then coming down towards Kasane. I'm, I'm I'm really a little bit tossed up between Kasane or Francis Town. Which route I'd take, Hwange or via Kasane? I think Kasane seems like a more diverse option. Um, around the around the Delta via Mount up into the Caprivi. Um, westward towards uh, the Konani River in northern Namibia, and then quite simply down the west coast of Namibia, you know, zigzagging along the coast there, lots of the uh, arid species, and then finally back home into SA down the west coast into the Cape, 
a Gallus, do the Gallus specials, and then from there, steadily make my way uphill towards the Lesotho Drakensberg um, via the Karoo, get some of the Karoo specials along the way, and then ending off in my home province here in KZN. And then you spoke about causes earlier. What causes will you be supporting for the big year and what do you hope to achieve for these causes? Yeah, Adam, yeah. So throughout the year, I'd like to highlight a couple of different causes. Um, I know that the Widows family are also um, running, rallying for support for the um, Community Bird Guide training program, which I'll be also doing so in, in the first leg. Um, so I'm, I'm all for what they're doing and, and kudos to them. Well done. They've, they've, you know, got the one, the one, one, the one, um, the single cause that they, they, they're rallying for. Um, um, I'm a bit, um, but like a kid in a candy shop, really. <laughs> um, sports for choice. And, and there's too many good causes that BirdLife South Africa runs that uh, just wouldn't do me any justice to do one. So throughout the, throughout the big year, I'd like to highlight some of the key biodiversity areas, which is a project run under the Regional Conservation Program, as well as the International East Atlantic Flyway Initiative. Uh, East Atlantic Flyway Initiative is an initiative that you know, brings together a couple of nationalities along the west coast of the Atlantic. Um, and that would be, uh, be another one that I'd like to highlight during during the big year, um, and then finally the the Cape Parrot Project, which is a wild bird trust uh, project, which is run principally in, in the Amatolas in the Eastern Cape. The reason why I'm I'm really passionate about the Cape Parrot is you know it's a childhood experience that uh, my mother took me on uh, as a young boy, and it's just stuck with me since I was a kid. And uh, the Cape Parrot, I think, is really you don't you don't find much of a better keystone species to represent Afro-maintained forests. Um, you know they are really flagships. Um, so it's a species that I really am you know, keen to support. And the project, the Cape Road project, has got some really fantastic reforestation programs that they're running. Um, you know, Yellowwoods, Yellowwoods are uh, you know, our national tree, really. So if there's a species that's dependent on it, you, you really want to rally for that um, for the tree too, you know, as well. Uh, so the whole program just fits in with a lot of proudly South African uh, vibes there going. So let's chat about logistics. How does the behind-the-scenes preparation look like for this big year? Sure, yeah, no. <laughs> no you really got me there, Adam. Um, look, behind the scenes, it's it's pretty pretty frenetic, I can, if I could say it. Um, that's one word I'd summarize it in. Trying to rally up support and, and get reach out into you know, the relatives of NGOs and of course, it's a quiet time of the year, people on holiday. So I'm just waiting through to January when things start you know, opening up and people are back at work. Uh, I really did uh, come up with this idea at um, kind of a lot last minute, but you know the circumstances prevailed such that you know, I decided to take on this pilgrimage and, and I'm going to give it my best shot, really. Um, yeah, so just yeah, planning uh, you know, physically... I'm, you know, I'm, I've got a lovely little conservancy that I'm staying here with uh, my, my, my folks and um, being able to get out there and bird, they've got a couple of striped pit, pipits and a resin pair of lanners and, you know, a couple of Cape Rock thrashers, a couple of grassland birds in this um, 
because uh, in Sour, Saarfeld, uh, grassland. So that's uh, that's uh, daily walks out there is really helping me to just get the mental space that I need to prepare for this big endeavor. Yeah, and just really just <laughs> hammering away at <laughs> at my, uh, my 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 phone and, and 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 getting into the different networks and reaching out to people and and seeing how they are able to support and if they're interested in supporting and getting on board to this initiative. Um, yeah, really putting myself on the on the spot to to perform here. So yeah, if anyone's keen to come and help, by all means, please, um, yeah, please. <laughs> Any help is really and truly welcome. And then, in terms of the areas that you'll be covering, do you have any safety concerns? Yeah, no. Look, hey, safety is definitely a factor I have considered, and I think um, two real things come to mind um, over and above trying to raise funds and trying to get it all, you know, set up. Um, the real things on the road, I would really, you know, being on a bicycle and having cars, and you know, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a cyclist, but I'm, you know, I've got on a bicycle and I've traversed areas. So being on a road with a bicycle and vehicles certainly is a, is a major concern. So I will definitely do my best to try and avoid the major routes um, throughout whichever regions I'm covering. Yeah, I mean, uh, trying to figure out the best times to, to be on the bicycle and, 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 and you know, be safe and and yeah exactly uh, try and stay out of the way of some of these um, larger uh, <laughs> vehicles that uh, dominate the road um, other than that I think uh, in certain spots um, water really <laughs> but you know being being southern Africa we you know, we're, we're fairly fairly developed um, it's not like you're gonna go other than maybe Namibia, uh, we go without water for a significant amount of time. There's there's normally people within within a hundred k's or so. So yeah, I'll 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 be prepared for enough storage for water. Um, that would be only my only other concern, particularly in Namibia. You know, being a desert and all. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look. Um, Working hard at trying to you know, raise funds and, 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 and you know, get people on board and support. Um, you know, that would be some of the, the, the real safety concerns that I might uh, consider other than you know, being on a bicycle on a road and not having enough water. Yeah. <laughs> and for people that want to get involved and support you, how can they, how can they do this? Cool. No, thanks, Adam. Yeah, sure. Any support I can get would be great. Um, I have set up to, I've set up Facebook and Instagram. I will be setting up um, soon the uh, Patreon and YouTube channels. If anybody would like to come and be a social media manager for me, please hit me up for sure. <laughs> but um, Big Year on a Bicycle 2020 is my handle for Facebook and Instagram at this point. Yeah, and then on those on those pages, I have respective links for the different uh, you know fundraising um, platforms that I've set up. Yeah, I'll also be um, trying to ready for a patron account for anybody who'd like to get um, some of the uh, little sneak peeks and the uh, you know 
in-depth uh, insight into some of the experiences I'll be going through in the wilderness and you know, birding in the field. Um, so you can also have a look at that once that's set up. I'll be certainly uh, sharing it on my um, Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, but other than that, um, if anyone's got a bicycle, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm still working on that, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, a bicycle would be great if you know anyone. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, just uh, spreading the word. And then, look, uh, I'm not the only one doing this. So the widow's family also, you know, they're traveling around Southern Africa, well, South Africa, and and, and they're running up support for the community uh, bird guide training program. And um, so, yeah, I mean, have a look at what they're doing as well. They, you know, they're certainly a lot more prepared than I am, but um, any bit of support behind a big year is, uh, is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Bird Enough project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comment section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a laugh list while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.